0: Chachten an indo askelege.
2: Time iman iurti end of chacht er a chur. Aga sollegum a magansha gör fager er a chur enuik kiert
0: len av winterthing. Skilte viss turmi. Tashay si dokracha
2: nach vetok ara igornamion an kiesjine ekel. Vi antalum a ginaum griv Yet hard and crevan or carston illustrate, go or click Sardokus in Echer. Now even our own Thardar Oxen,
3: Vin Marov. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. It's 30 years of Alliance supporting the leagues, and we're not done yet.
2: Only the leagues, only the Alliance Leagues.
1: It was a dramatic weekend of Allianz League action as the final round of football games saw so Dublin relegated by Monaghan while in the hurling Cork and Waterford progress to the Hurling League final. I'm joined by Michael Verney. Welcome to the Throw On podcast in association with Allianz. We'll have John Milan on in the second half of the show to discuss all the hurling action and Kieran Whedon on in a couple of minutes to go over all the football. But first, Michael, it was a, a very frantic day yesterday of football action. I think the, the permutations change every couple of minutes. It, it was very exciting, though.
2: Yeah, no, it was hu- hugely exciting, and I suppose like at the moment, the league is the best competition in the in the football in in football. Like the championship is exciting towards the latter stages, but the league every week we get you know a load of drama, and there was just there was drama probably across all four divisions o- over the weekend, particularly yesterday. I was in O'Connor Park looking awfully, and she's very very close to, to staying up, which probably would have been against the grey. And I thought they were going to be under pressure. And you know, just conceded two points, two points in injury time, having fought back from six down at the early stages in the second half. So just disappointing. And after the hurlers been beaten the day before, after two promotions in twenty twenty one, there's two relegations in twenty twenty two, which is which is far from ideal. But the footballers are probably um the team which came over with, with more credit. Like they hit one twenty yesterday, and John Martin caught a really. Cut a really devastated figure after because they really threw everything at it and and just came up short, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, it kind of sums up the you know as you say the two promotions last year, and it's so hard then to consolidate that, isn't it? And it's why the league is so dramatic sometimes. You know, you get that big breakthrough, but then it can be very difficult to to keep keep up with the following year.
2: Yeah, consolidation. The second the, the first year up when you get promoted is the big. Because if you can stay up the first year, chances are you probably fancy fancied If Afton stayed up this year they'd stay up next year and they'd get better and better and better now they're down Division 3 and they're obviously in the Tolchin Cup as well and from the Hurlers' point of view uh, Antrim were just a better side on Saturday Um, they they raced through our defence several times broke the line they they had three goals they probably could have had five or six only for a few great saves from, from Stephen Corcoran in goals so You know, it was 10 points in the wind-up. You have to say, from an entry point of view, after being relegated to the McDonough last year, would have been a disaster for them to be relegated to Division 2 as well. So, whereas we're in the McDonough and we're in Division 2, which is probably, you know, it's probably a sign of where we are at the moment. And we're just going to have to keep the foot to the floor, uh, keep building, but uh, it definitely was a disappointing Saturday.
1: I oh, will come back to the hurling part two of the show. But for now, it's time for our football chat, and we're delighted to have Kieran Wheeling on with us. Kieran, how are things? Not bad, Will. Not bad. Yourself. Before we get to you know Dublin's relegation and some of the other storylines. You know, what did you make of just the day as it unfolded? You know, the, the drama, the twists, the turns, you even mentioned the the good weather on League Sunday last night, which definitely played its part as well. It was a great advertisement for Gaelic football. You know, sometimes it, it can be a bit negative, the discourse around it, but yesterday was cracking day.
0: Yeah, it was a great day and it was the first day. It's the top of the ground football um, after a horrific few weeks weather-wise, you know. So, uh, listen, I, I think it demonstrates the great competition the league is, is uh, and there was so much at stake for all the divisions, I suppose, coming into the, that last day and it fluctuated. It could have gone anyway, like if, if Dublin had a drawn against Monaghan, Kildare were saved. I think, you know, like it was just it was just one of those crazy days. Um it's nearly a pity that there's so much happening at the one time uh, to a certain degree. Um, We could have, you know, we really could have optimised it to a certain uh, aspect when you look at there was no premiership this weekend and I was internet like it was international break there was no rugby this weekend we could have really had a right festival of football over the weekend with have maybe two divisions on Saturday and two divisions on Sunday um, I think that was probably uh, something that was missed by the GA. but yeah absolutely it's a great, great day great excitement and I think overall uh, the league games have been they've been top drawer um, even, even the, the quality of them uh, I have to say, even even given the weather conditions and some of the weeks, the quality of football uh, that is played at the at the top level now, for me, is just is just on, yeah, a diff- different level than it ever was before.
1: Yeah, Michael, just one word on point Kieran was making there about the optimization of of the weekend. You know, even having maybe the two hurling semi finals on the Saturday to free up the second slot on the Sunday to maybe have Cork Offaly in that slot or another big game from one of the other divisions, as Kieran said, would have added to that kind of. Festival atmosphere that was kind of on show as TG Car were cutting between the games, and you know with every point almost there was a different outcome.
2: Yeah, I don't think we're great at optimizing, it as Kieran says, there. Like I put it to you this way, I think that the weekend, the Tauchan Cup kicks off. Like we have the, cha- I think the Champions League finals that weekend is a load of championship. So there's a big possibility that that's going to get pushed to one side. We really need to be clever about. And maybe potentially, uh, and it could happen with with league action in time, but it should probably definitely definitely happen with championship. Is the possibility of Friday night football now to free up, make it even, make it an even longer weekend? Make sure that we're optimizing. Okay, the Taunton Cup is get is going to be front and center on the Saturday. Championship's going to be front and center on the Sunday. And um, we could play. You know, there's other games that we can play on the Friday night potentially too. But I, hopefully, some lessons will be learned because, as Kieran says. It was brilliant, a real frantic day, but there probably was too much going on on the Sunday and maybe not enough going on on the Saturday. I think you suggested it last night, on Two and four, maybe Divisions two and four, wrap up on the Saturday. They get a massive focus. Like Division four, uh, there was plenty of drama there and plenty of drama in Division three, but they probably didn't get enough of a focus just because naturally the focus is going to shift to Division 1 and even Division 2 as well. So we could probably stagger it a bit better and be smarter about it. But I have to say, in fairness to TG Catter, and people were questioning maybe the the red zone kind of style show they did for the hurling the week before, but I definitely think it was a dry run for yesterday. And I think that worked really, really well. And football probably lends itself did that a bit more than hurling because in hurling if you switch to another game for 15 seconds, it could be a goal. Whereas in football, at least you have a fair idea that if the ball is in defence, it's going to take at least 10 or 15 It's slow seconds. and
0: ponderous. it <laughs> yeah, still like, be in defence two minutes later. I'm, I'm saying that in a, in a
2: nice way, Kieran. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was brilliant. Jesse. We could probably just stagger it a bit more. Like if we want the Toljan Cup to be given the the coverage that we feel it deserves then we need to be smart about like if there's a lot of touch and cup games going on at the same time as big Leinster championship games um big knockout games it's just not going to get the coverage it deserves so hopefully we we'll learn we'll learn maybe from yesterday
1: yeah, Kieran, just quickly on you know the Friday night football idea. It's something that's been thrown around a couple of times over the years. Like you know, you've obviously played for Dublin for a number of years. Do you think it's a feasible thing? Do you think it's something you'd like to see explored?
0: Yeah, listen, absolutely. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. I think Friday night football will be excellent. And there's so many. And even with the compact championship we have now with hurling and football, there is going to be days where you know the the there can only be so much attention given to so many games. And uh, I think there's a few weekends this summer where there's an astronomical amount the games on, um, and we know that there's obviously an issue between the GPA and the GA at the moment around expenses. And I think that the I think there was it was proposed there a few years ago. I think Carlo were going to play somebody I don't know it was Wexford or something on a Friday night, uh, and it became an issue around expense and cost, uh, and because players would have to take time off on the Friday, uh, and that seemed to be the big stumbling block. Uh now it doesn't stop you know a World Cup games. I mean Ken, a Cup games been played on a Wednesday night when they're local, local debbies and stuff like that. You know, so again you'd like to think I I think it would be brilliant for the game will, you know, to have a couple of games on a Friday night and, and give that exposure and you know, if we really want to promote our games and go all to all, and we'd all love to see it because we're competing, we are competing with other sports. Um, I think we have to look at start spreading them out a bit, so it it just generates that more more, more interest, and particularly summer summer Friday nights would just be would just be brilliant. But I I do think it's, it it there's a cost factor and i think it be it's an expense issue with the players that's been the stumbling part in the end in, in the past
2: just on that will let the players know as far in advance as possible and you're negating a good few of the issues it's when they only know maybe 2 to 3 weeks in advance and it's hard to get time off these fixtures are penciled in you know a couple of months in advance it's very easy you know Earn the time off, shall we say, from work. And at least you, you know and you can build up your hours before then. But it's just when it's done in a haphazard way, it won't work. If it's planned really well in advance, I think it's something that definitely could work.
1: Yeah. And as Kieran said, like Burn Cup games and Mechanical Cup games often feature some of the big inter county stars in their play during the week as well. But to go back to on-field action, I, think-
0: I was going to say, well, like as Mick said, you could build something in that, you know, every team. It, it, you know at the start of the year that you're given a commitment that every team may play one Friday night match you know so you're and then you're building some sort of cost factor into the benefits that's there already just to supplement the players and they know well so you're not asking players to play regularly on a Friday night but even if it was every player every team was to play once on a Friday night it's all, if it's all pre-agreed months in advance you know what I mean it could work you know it'd have to be local derbies obviously as well so there's a bit of planning that would be needed in it yeah, it sounds like a good plan there. They'll get it up,
1: up and running. Uh to back to downfield action then, Kieran, obviously the big story yesterday was Dublin going down, um, you know, dramatic fashion with Jack McCarron's late point, albeit Dublin did need to score of their own to, to stay up. You know, with a kind of another day to think about it now, like how damaging do you think that is for the team, for Desi Farrell as he does try to get this rebuild up and running? Like is it is it a major blow? Is it a catastrophic blow? How are you characterizing it?
0: Ah, uh, it's definitely a blow. You know, is it something that you can recover from yeah absolutely i think you know it's it's it listen it's not the end of the world but it's certainly not ideal um i think if you listen to a lot of the players that have retired in recent years and a few of them spoke candidly and honest about the challenge of national league division 1 being um, more important for them because they knew going into the lancer championship, sometimes they weren't going to get a competitive game um, and they were cruising through the Leinster championship. But if you're in division two and you're on that downward curve, the Leinster championship becomes more competitive. Uh, so like, listen, it's it, it, the league, the, the, the level, there's no doubt about it. The top teams, if you want to be competing for Sam later in the year, you do want to have those seven games against top, Class opposition to 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 even blood young lads to see what they're about, see whether they're up for it, um, develop a bit of character within the team, um, and and that's that's the part that that's the downside that Dublin will 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 dip down. But listen, they can't they can't complain. Uh, their performance throughout the league was just far too patchy at times um, and it looked like they were getting a bit of structure back over the last two weeks uh, but that wasn't prevalent in the first half yesterday Uh, and again they looked very very uh, disjointed particularly from a defensive perspective Um, and I touched on last I think they conceded they've conceded 11 goals in the league and that to me has been where their biggest weakness have been you know from a forwards perspective I, I'd be relatively happy the last couple of weeks they look like there's a little bit more about them going forward or moving it quicker. Um, you know, OK, Kieran Kilkenny's had a couple of quiet games but Cormac Costello has looked lively up front. Sean has had quite a good league campaign. Uh Callan obviously hopefully is going to come back into that equation. So he'd be kind of happy with the progress of the forward play, but it was just defensively, which I think cost them in the end. Uh, so I I don't think it's a massive blow, but it's not ideal in terms of preparation for championship, being in division two where Dublin want to be at. Um so listen, it's it's it's, it's gonna be interesting. I said last night we could be back in Parnell Park for the football games. The old hurlers could be in Crow Park next year. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, you know, games against, against, like, Loudon and Limerick, you,
1: yeah, you'd wonder if they will be in Croke Park next year. And, Michael, if you're looking at Dublin now, you know, what are the big things do you think they need to work on between now and the Championship? But there's not a huge turnaround time, albeit Dublin in the Leinster Championship, will probably have a maybe an easier uh, start than maybe, say, you know, Mayo playing Galway, for instance.
2: Yeah, just, I suppose, the first couple of league games, I thought they were, they were very open, and that, you know, that reno O'Neill goal against Armagh was a classic, you know, a long ball in, one-on-one defending. And I kind of thought, after seeing him uh, in the flesh, against Kildare and you've even seen them against Tyrone um they tightened up those things at least it was a lot, it looked a lot more compact and then you're looking at yesterday and you're seeing like Mick Fitzsimons left in an acre of space and uh, against Jack McCarron and with the best will in the world it doesn't really matter who the defender is it's real it's almost like kamikaze style defending you have like everything you're kind of walking a tightrope almost and it's very easy to obviously fall to that one side and that happened a couple of times yesterday just the the lack of cover I would say um even for uh for Moniton's goal in the first half once that line was broken out around the 45 there didn't seem to be any cover in behind and I suppose that's a a worrying thing because I thought it was something that had been that was been slowly maybe sorted out throughout the league it looked like they were tightening up a lot and then you know, kind of came back to haunt him yesterday. Just the goals are really what what killed him, regardless of, of Jack McCarron's free at the end to win it. The goals were what really, really hurt him. And as Kieran said, I think it's 11 goals throughout the league. And that's just, it's just not what we're accustomed to really. And uh, that's probably the most worrying thing. And if anything can be tightened up, if that can be tightened up come championship, they'll definitely give themselves a chance to be in around, you know, that All-Ireland final stage. But if if they're as open as they are come Championship they'll be exploited and they'll be continued to be exploited come summer
1: and Karen, like, what do you make of the fact that now there's not a single Leinster team in the top flight with Kildare going down as well like I know the Leinster first time ever
2: Will I think The first time yeah. ever there has been a Division 1 t- uh, Leinster team in Division 1 yeah it's,
0: kind of, yeah it's a poor reflection Will on on, on Leinster football no doubt about it um, now I do think I think Kildare are quite unlucky you know you, you come out of the league campaign and okay Dublin and Kildare go down but you kind of think Kildare is still on an upward curve in some sort of way. They okay I said, I think we said last night, well, it's Newbridge or nowhere. Newbridge seems to be the only place they can they can win at the moment, you know what I mean? They can't win anywhere else. Uh and they've just struggled on the road. But I think Kildare, you know, even against Mayo. Yeah. SML were, were were very very good, very effective up front in terms of their execution, but they still kicked some good scores. I think Kildare can still take positives out of this uh, league campaign in terms of the management team they've in. They all seem to be playing well for them. Definitely, their forward line is clicking up front, um, and they're going to go into the Leinster Championship. I still think with a bit of confidence, despite being relegated, um, and 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 and. Like you, you'd probably, you'd, yeah, you'd have Kildare ahead of Mead probably in the pecking order at the moment. Uh, so I, I still think they can take something from it. But from a Leinster football perspective, you know, yeah, listen, hugely disappointing. Uh you know, as as, as Michael said, first time ever, uh, no team up there, and uh, you know, like it probably Dublin's dominance over the last decade might not have helped that. Do you know what I mean? To a certain degree. Uh, that it was just the Leinster Championship itself as a competition had become nearly defunct and and teams are waving the white flag before they even got to Crow Park. And that might be, you know, the impact of Dublin's dominance over the last ten years that that that, you know, that we just they're just not at that competitive level where they should be the teams.
1: Yeah, because Michael, if you look across the divisions, you know, Dublin and Kildare relegated from Division 1, Offaly relegated from Division 2, Leash and Wicklow relegated from Division 3, with Longford just about staying up, and then Carlo finishing in the bottom two in Division 4, where there is no relegation. So even in the other divisions... You know, teams either getting relegated or or featuring quite low down the table. There's very few Leinster counties that can put their hand up and say, uh, you know, I've had a good league. As Kieran said, even Kildare, who probably did, still got relegated.
2: Yeah, it paints a a pretty uh, bleak picture. And I do think what Kieran said there probably does feed into it. It's just going into a Leinster Championship, generally teams are going in demoralised and have been for the goods of the last decade, knowing that they have no chance of winning their Provincial Championship. Just say along for could get a big win over a louder and Offaly and then they're facing into Dublin and, and it has been, has, has been the case, a bit of an annihilation where winning a championship game, they're almost, they're almost gone back as a result of that because they've been annihilated in the game and probably lads question why they're committing to, to county football. Um, so yeah, the, the picture in Leinster is not good. I just have to say, while it's easy to focus on Dublin been relegated. Is we have to give massive kudos to Monaghan. Again. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you, know, you know they were absolutely like they were uh, annihilated by Kildare, by Kildare the previous week. Kildare had twenty four points on them, which just I, I don't know when the last time uh, that has happened. But they brought hellfire and brimstone yesterday up in Clonus with it missing. Like you know to, to win the game without without starting Conor McManus and been down a few big names, Mihal Banigan and a few more. It was a massive, massive win for them and their ability to hold on to division one status is it's it's just ridiculous. And even reading Dick Clerkin's column today and just saying he's obviously cousins with, with Jack McCarn and you know, I think he called into his house there four or five weeks ago and his you know, feet were up on the couch, he's after his appendix out, and then four or five weeks later he delivers this absolutely, you know, sumptuous display. Um, you know, if he hadn't been as you know as hurt by injuries as he has in recent years, this is this would probably be you know a regular occurrence come summer, but I just thought he, he was outstanding. That like the, the lob for the third goal was just like it that's it takes a different type of a player to even have that in your you know in your frame of mind. Like I was looking at Cork yesterday and a couple of times they were blaring down the middle against offley you know the ball was hand passed over the bar. And then you have this genius who spots the keeper Couple of yards off his line and is able to dink it over and it's moments of genius and pieces of genius like this that that help keep manning up and he he was just outstanding yesterday.
1: Yeah, Kieran, because even even if you look back to the championship last year, like they only lost to Tyrone I think by a point in the Ulster final, you know, and it kind of goes under the radar a bit because of what Tyrone did afterwards. But they were like they weren't that far off from beating the All Ireland champions last year. Have we been underrating them a bit, you know? Or, or...
0: Uh, I I don't I don't know whether they're eight. like you're dead right last year. They 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 put it well up to Tyrone and you know, uh particularly in the first half, they were you know they dominated that game against Tyrone and they were they were they were competitive and they have been very competitive the last few years. I suppose the, their biggest problem is probably been just throughout this league has been consistency. Um and against Kildare and against Kerry, like they were very flat, they were down. But you know, I saw them some remember seeing them against uh Ar- I saw them against Armagh and saw them against Donegal, and you know that there's a performance in them and when they click. They're quite. They're quite dangerous, and I think they've kind of changed their team slightly in that McInnesby obviously is playing a halfback. Connor McCarthy's playing deeper, and uh, the two Hughes brothers are playing. Absolutely great football and their pivotal. McCurran Hughes kicked two absolutely brilliant scores yesterday. And then they haven't been re- as reliant on McManus and McCarran has been able to to step up and you've had me Banning playing on the forty. Uh that uh, Gary Mohan looks a bit of a handful in full forward as well. Quite, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> He, you know, but he like he looks. Like he's a handful, and and he creates stuff, and he and he sucks in defenders, and he's able to lay off ball and stuff like that. So you know, Connor Boyle even coming forward, yes, they you know kicking a great score. So when they collectively, when they perform, they're as good as anybody. Uh, it's just bringing that consistency to, to the game. But and I, I kind of knew I knew going up that you know that when I suppose it's when they need to perform they tend to perform uh, to a certain degree and that's, that's what you admired about them yesterday I knew, I knew it wasn't going to be easy for Dublin going up there and they deserve massive credit for, for digging it out and staying up again to like they did last year against Galway yeah what a story it was yesterday uh, you know one of the other storylines Michael was the league final pairing
1: in division one being set Kerry versus Mayo do you think that they're the two best teams at the moment do you think from what you've seen over the last couple of weeks
2: uh, yeah, you'd probably have to say they are. Yeah. Mayo have had a brilliant league. And just on a flip point to what Kieran said earlier, so Dublin going back to Division 2 now, uh, a lot of the younger faces they got exposure at Division 1 this year. They're going back to Division 2. You're, you're probably in your comfort zone maybe a bit more, whereas Mayo blooded a load of guys this year. Like, I think the league final is a massive bonus for them with the amount of players that they played throughout the league. And it's just for them to be learning at Division 1 level and then to get, have another game, that just shows... It's it's just a step forward of what Dublin are going to be be at next year in Division Two. You don't really know where you're at come Championship, Whereas, is it? Imagine James Horne is quite happy that he has a squad that are all road tested at Division One level uh, going into the Championship. Um, I don't think it's any harm for Kerry to be beaten yesterday, to be honest with you, and for a couple of uh, for a couple of problems, particularly maybe at the back and with their with their uh, goalkeeping situation, to actually be exposed a small bit. I think I think like Jack. I think Jack O'Connor is going to have to make a dis- decision on who he wants in goals and he's going to have to stick with it. I'm I just not sure about rotating a goalkeeper. And I know uh, in, on the training ground, they're all practising, the they're going through the same types of kick-out routines. They know they know all the different numbers for what various kick-outs to have. But I just think he needs to probably nail his colours to the mast and probably maybe just stick with that keeper and just have that consistency. Even if they make a couple of, if there's a couple of mistakes, that's probably one area um, that, that, that Kerry need to firm down and from as I said from a Mayo point of view I think getting to a league final is a massive bonus for them and you know they won a league final in Crow Park a couple of years ago and, and I, I don't see any reason why they, why they wouldn't go gung-ho to win another
0: one again
1: Yeah Kieran, how are you assessing the two teams I know the goalkeeping issue is something you and uh, Kevin McStay were touching on last night on RT as well
0: Yeah I think looking at carry over the league, and I think obviously they'd definitely be working on a, on a defensive system. Um and that's obviously I think it's an area of focus for Jack O'Connor because he realized that's maybe where they've been exposed in recent years. Um I thought, you know, they were well able in recent weeks in the poor condition to be able to get two or three men around the ball and, and force those turnovers. Conditions were a lot tougher. Um and you could see there were there were they were Playing probably a deeper line and waiting for the right time to, to, to double up or treble up and get the turnover. I thought yesterday there was maybe a st- distinct difference. Now I don't know whether it's the fact that they were already qualified and maybe they were just slightly off it, but I thought Tyrone moved the ball incredibly quick in, in the first half by hand and by foot. They kept the ball moving and they pulled Kerry left, right, and they they op- they opened them up a few times. Um, and you know Tyrone just have very very comfortable ball players, very comfortable in possession. Um, And when, again, when they perform, they're very, very dangerous. And McCurry was on fire inside yesterday. Um, So I think I'd give Kerry a little bit of a pass in that maybe when you don't have something to play for psychologically, you can just maybe affect that performance and, and might have had an impact yesterday. Tyrone just looked like there was a little bit more purpose and want uh, in their performance. Uh, but I do think the game in Crow Park against Mayo is going to be a, a good benchmark to see where Kerry are at because Mayo will bring their high energy game. Um, they have a bit of depth he's plenty horan has plenty of options uh he may even you know he's been he you know some of the decision making he's made around given given lads game he may not even show his full hand with championship in a few weeks he may try one or two of these new younger lads in a league final and give them an opportunity. Um, but I think their high energy game now against Kerry, I, I, think, I think, has the make, makings of a great final. And there's no doubt about it, Jack O'Connor will want silverware. He wants, he wants to win every game he goes out. So I think Kerry will come at full tilt to try and win it. Um, and it has the makings of a, of, of a great final. I think, you know, if I look at Mayo um, throughout the league, probably it's the forward line that they're looking to get an enhancement and improvement. Uh, Jack Kearney scored three points yesterday. Uh, Jason Doherty got five points after being out injured. You know, with Killian O'Connor and Tommy Conroy had injured, uh, like it was looking there for a couple of weeks that Ryan O'Donoghue was looking a little bit lonely in that full forward line. And you were thinking, well, if teams pin him down, where the score is going to come from? But they put up a good score yesterday, despite missing plenty of, op- and plenty of goal chances in, in terms of execution. But I think it, it, that's where Mayo need to... Um, Really develop their game, and I think Horham will give one or two of his new guys a shot in Crow Park in the final well, next week.
2: Well, just to point on Tyrone, I think Tyrone are laughing now going into the championship. Uh, I know they have a, a very very difficult draw to try and get through Ulster, but you know they started the league quite poorly. The gun was put to their head. They had to get a couple of they had to get big results to stay up. They went down to Killarney, won for the first time since two thousand and three, um, and I thought you know yesterday was by far and away their best performance of this year so far. So while they won't be talked about for the next couple of weeks as we kind of focus on the, the league final, I think they're in an ideal position. They saved Division One status. Uh they were back training late. They're probably only catching up. And I think they're in I think they're in pretty rude health going into the championship, I have to say. The
0: thing about the thing yeah. about Teron, it, Michael, it's interesting this year that I know Derry and Celtic Park, that's probably where they're looking. They expect them to get over for mana, and that's a big game. And carry, and Derry are waiting for them and Derry, well, that's going to be a, a, a tense encounter. Um even if Tyrone were to lose that game with the with la, with two less rounds of qualifiers, you know, the, it takes as much effort to get back to the quarterfinals as it would to win an Ulster Championship. Do you know what I mean? So rather than traditionally you would have had to go down maybe four rounds of qualifiers. If you lose that quarterfinal in Ulster now, you have only two rounds of qualifiers to get back. Um, so it's that's that's an interesting dynamic in terms, of even the Ulster Championship, which is more competitive. The teams that lose will have a, a great opportunity through two rounds to get to get back in uh, the quarterfinal. The, the the road is a little bit shorter this year, you
1: know. Interesting point. I think it hasn't really been discussed Yeah, As you say, it, it's not as treacherous a path back into the knockout stage of the championship. Just to finish up, Michael, we might look at some of the other divisions. Any team catching your eye you know, for what they've done over the course of the league? You know, Galway and Roscommon going up in Division 2, Loud and Limerick going up from Division 3 and, and securing our place in the qualifiers you know, if they do get knocked out before provincial final. You know, anyone catching your eye there?
2: Yeah, Roscommon would in particular. I think we were probably maybe a bit harsh on Roscommon because they yo-yo up a bit from Division 1 to Division 2. But I we just went back and had a look at you know, the last 10 to 11 years with them. Like they started off in Division 3. They were in Division 3 in 2012, 13, 14, got promoted to Division 2 for 2015, got promoted to Division 1. And ever since then, they've flip-flopped. Barron staying in Division 1. Uh, they stayed once. in Division they 1. They stayed up yeah. once, I think, yeah. 16 and 17, they're in Division 1. And since then, they've flip-flopped. And, like, we're, we're probably very, very harsh in the sense that they're between seven, ranked seven and nine within Ireland every year. And that's a massive level of consistency between John Evans's time there, Kevin McStay's time, and Anthony Cunningham's time uh, there. They've been hugely competitive, and they're going to be hugely competitive in around Connacht again. We probably just judged them a bit harshly because they're coming up and down from Division One, But they deserve massive kudos again. And the other one would, be, would definitely be Limerick. Uh, Billy Lee getting Limerick up to, to Division 2 just that, like a couple of years ago like, Billy went in a bit of a, a tirade after they got beaten by Clare in the Munster Championship in 2018 because basically a malfunction behind the scene basically denied him of having a player available to him for Championship and players didn't get meals and expenses I think the week of Championship he ranked 53 players that didn't come into the squad in 2018 they're totally overshadowed the great big green monster of the hurlers And they've just ploughed away behind the scenes, ploughed away, ploughed away. And they're up in Division 2 now. And I know some people are questioning maybe, like, is them getting up to Division 2 and been in the Sam Maguire race next year? Is it necessarily a good thing for them? But the way they celebrated on the pitch yesterday definitely would leave you in only one frame of mind that that's where they want to be. And they're fighting up around the top table now. And it's a massive, it's a huge rise for them. They were only four points off Derry in that semi-final last year in Division 3 and now they've backed it up and then Mickey Hart on the flip side of that as well like you know I know his contract's been extended I think until 2025 and he's totally bought into the underage structures within Loud and is has a vision it looks like going forward you know no point in saying any different he, pro- he probably wasn't no longer wanted in Toronto and they were happy to change but he was wanted somewhere else and what he's done with them within two seasons division 4 to division 3 division 3 to division 2 it's you know that's savage progress really
1: yeah, I want to apologise to Loud when I was going through the Leinster Counties earlier. I forgot to mention them. They, of course, are <laughs> greatly uh, be being promoted into Division 2 and being involved in the qualifiers if they don't reach the provincial final. Kieran, i I'll give you the last word then. Any other team that caught your eye from one of the lower divisions that you were
0: either impressed with or disappointed with how they went over the course of the campaign? It's it's hard to say, well, because you don't see a whole lot of the games, you know. Um, So you're, you're really just going on kind of the, the, the former results. Obviously, Mick has touched on uh, and Limerick and, and Loud. You know, they're, they're obviously... Both of them come from Division Three, um, usually successful. And from Limerick's perspective, even the draw that they're on, the Munster side of the draw, you know, they've, you know, Clare, Tip, Limerick, that's going to be a, a great battle, you know, to get to a Munster final. And um, hoping, probably, you'd expect Kerry will will beat Cork. So there's a great opportunity going into Championship for the likes of Limerick. If have allowed win their first match. I think they've killed air. You know, and again, they're coming on momentum. You know that has the potential to be a, a good championship match if, if if that comes through. So yeah, they're probably the the two teams, and and likewise, Ross Common are, are are under the are under the radar, uh, very effective. I think Derry Derry got a little bit of a hard draw just the way the fixtures fell. Uh, that draw against Ross Common that day hurt them, and then you know for Galway to put out you know, a weakened team to hand Ross common, probably two handy points. That really hurt Derry, I suppose. But that's that's the look of the draw. You can't blame Galway. If you're true and you're qualified, you've every right to do whatever you want to do in that last match and they're looking ahead to Mayo. So yeah, Derry will be disappointed. I think that they 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 looked like they were heading for division one. And now they're back in division two next year and you're gonna have Mead, Kildare, Dublin you know Claire, you know, you've, so it's going to be quite very competitive. Vision two next year, so uh, they'll feel they'll feel a little bit aggrieved they didn't get up to the top eight.
2: Division two is always interesting, Will, but next year I think it'll be the most interesting division yeah. two of all time. I'd say.
0: <laughs> yeah, this, this might have been Derry's year to head
1: up. Uh, well, it was a very exciting seven weeks of league action. We still have the finals to come, but for now, Kieran, thanks so much for joining us. No problem, lads. Take care. Well, it's time now to turn our attention to the Allianz Hurling League. The final will be between Cork and Waterford after Cork beat Kilkenny and Waterford beat Wexford in the semi-finals over the weekend. We're delighted to have John Malam with us, as always. And, John, we'll start with your own, County Waterford. A serious statement of intent yesterday. A 19-point win over Wexford. You know, how happy are you today? You must be, you know, the way they played, getting five goals, really putting Wexford to the sword. You know, everything went Waterford's way yesterday.
3: I'll tell you... Well, I know it's only the league, and I know, look, it's, it's, it's well, we're in the final now, but uh, it's a good time to be following Waterford-Horland. That was an amazing performance yesterday. Now, look, granted, Wexford were well below par, but, uh, you know, Waterford were, were just unbelievable yesterday. An unbel- an, a scintillating performance uh, from start to finish. Now, I genuinely thought, now, expecting put up, I thought, now, you know, even going into the ground, I said, "Gee, this is going to be tight." You know, considering the personnel we were missing, but like God, I mean, I mean, they they reaffirmed what we what we what we all what we what we knew is that, and they they confirmed that. You know, we have the best squad in the country, and I think both teams that are that are in the league final, uh, you know, probably have the two best squads and. You know, some amazing performances. I thought Ty De Burka was was was, was, was back to his best. Uh Desi Hodgson was very good. I mean Gleeson, I mean he's just he's just different, gravy. Uh the man is just a flawed genius. Look, it, it was just missing fortunes. It's a pity what happened near the end. Uh is there room for appeal? I think there is room for appeal. Uh, Going on, on what happened with, with Peter Casey last year Peter Casey getting off so I think you know I see no reason why they shouldn't go down that avenue um, and, and, and try and appeal. and look I, I don't want to be I, knock, I don't think it's a day for for, uh, for, knocking, for knocking Austin reason. I just think you know you just have to appreciate how good this lad is this lad he puts thumbs on seats Will uh, you know you never mind paying the 20 25 euro 30 euro you know, when you're going watching players like like, like Austin Gleason and it was just missing forces, it's a pity pity, pity the way it played out. And I think a bit like Peter Casey last year, I think kids going to watch the game, they go to watch the likes of the Austin Gleason's uh of this world the Davy Hutchins. And I think it'll be it'll be it'll be it'll be a big pity if if he, if he's to miss out next Saturday night. Now, in saying that, uh if if he is to miss out, I still think we still have I still still think we have the 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 tools, the ammunition to, to still go win it. Uh, when Stephen Bennett be back, he might come back, come back, you know, probably fall in there. You know, you look at Calem Lines got got uh, got game time, got game time yesterday. Fronties still to come back. So uh, yeah, I think look, I think Watford they're in a really really good place, um, and I just think from a war for supporters point of view, just sit back and enjoy this team. Uh because, you know, I think we're we're witnessing this special, special team here. And I think I think, you know, Liam Cattle has stated that uh, you know, Silverware is what they're after. And he also stated, you know, once they keep putting themselves in that position, getting the finals, that they will eventually get over the line. And we we highlighted that last week. And we did well, we did touch on in one of the articles that they could break the goal-scoring record. I think they're on 19 goals now and uh, I, I did I did predict before before the, you know, the start of the league that they could go into the 20-goal uh, ratio and I won't be, wouldn't be surprised if, if they hit that 20-goal ratio the weekend. I think they'll, they'll get more goals the weekend. They have goals on their mind. They scored five yesterday. They could have easily gotten seven or eight. Um, but yeah, look, they went up, they'd run a professional performance and, and look, I think from Wexford's point of view, you get days like that with missing fortunate. Um and I think, you know, they'll get back on the horse again. But when they reflect, they've had it they've had a decent league campaign. I've been there before, you know, when when you're you're not when you're not at it and you come up against a team that are at the peak of their powers. I think this Water team now are at the peak of their powers. I think they're ready to do something special. Um, and unfortunately for Wexford, they just missed, uh, they just came across a juggernaut yesterday, you know.
1: Yeah, Michael, like, well, what's your take on Waterford like how close do you think they are to Limerick? It's funny because the way Limerick's league campaign went, it almost feels like they, you know, they weren't even in the league because the narrative was building around Waterford the whole time and their depth and and you know how they were coming forth. You know, how how close is that gap at the top, do you think?
2: Well, the last three times they've met, they met in the 2020 Munster final, it was four between them, they met in the All Ireland final that year, there was 11. Uh, They met in the All-Ireland semi-final last year. It was 11 again, which would suggest that they haven't got any closer. But I I think you have to look a bit deeper. If you look last year, they were after playing four or five weekends in a row. They were, you know, they were probably a spent force after about half an hour of the All-Ireland semi-final having thrown everything at them in the first quarter. I think Waterford have gotten closer to Limerick and I think Limerick have fallen back a small bit closer to the pack. So all of a sudden, that 11 points could become, you know, four or five points and that gives you know that gives teams a chance every time they go out and the squad Waterford have we haven't seen Jamie Barron yet we probably won't see him maybe till the early stage of the Munster Championship Callum Lyon's just back you know they put up 520 yesterday without Stephen Bennett mm-hmm who has put up crazy scores since he was put on the freeze in, uh, in 2019. He's been just unbelievable for the last three or four seasons. So the fact that they're going that deep into their reserves and are still able to do what they did yesterday, I think that's probably, the from John's point of view and a Waterford person's point of view, that's probably the most heartwarming thing of it is that there's different faces standing up. Mikey Kiley at the, at the edge of the square offers them something different that they haven't had before. A big kind of barred kind of full forward Six one, six two, probably a bit more and a target man and a great foil to Daisy Hutchinson as well. So definitely think they've got huge options and I would agree with John. I think probably Waterford, I do think, have probably the best squad in the country at the moment and I would say the second best squad is the team they're playing in the league final in Cork. So it's going to be interesting to see at least they're not playing each other in the first round in the Munster Championship and I, I don't think we be too much of an element to shadow and I think they'll both see the benefits of winning a league title and what that could do for them—not just this year, but over the next couple of years.
1: Yeah, John. Who do you think would benefit more from winning on Saturday night, Cork or Waterford?
3: Oh, yeah. I think. I think both. both, both you, know, uh, you know. when you consider when you consider Waterford the last couple of finals. Well, look. The, in The last six or seven finals, you now not all these players have been involved in all those those, those uh, finals, and I think what they've what they've given to the game over the course of the last what possibly twenty fifteen since they won their last league title, and they've given an enormous amount to the game, and I think I think they would they would probably get the, the most out of probably probably win the league title, you know, considering Cork have won a couple of uh, months of championships over the co- course of the last couple of years. So, uh, yeah, I would think possibly my own county, Waterford. But look, as we've seen before, you know, the last time Cork won the National League was was uh, 1998. They actually beat my own county, Waterford, uh, in that game. You know, 12 months later, Waterford, uh, I don't know, Cork pushed on and, 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 and won the All Ireland. So that kind of propelled them onto, onto greater things. And uh, that year alone, I think, you know, was the kickstart you know for for what what came down the road for for Waterford and i think you know we're uh we're reaping the rewards of, of probably probably ninety eight albeit it's it's about twenty four years ago it was the kickstart. and i think you know winning a national league title um will be will be will will, will be will be massive for for either county but i I also think that you know there's was an awful lot of talk around last week that you know the losers of the league final you know it it would really put them back. I don't buy into that at all. I think, you know, it's been it's been a very, very good league campaign. I think both managers, both Kieran Kingston, uh and Lean Cattle have used used their squad squad very, very well over the course of the league. And and also the fact that the game now was being pushed out to a Saturday night gives uh, the opportunity to, you know, for an, an extra an extra twenty four hours of, of rest. So, you know, it doesn't really affect them going into the following week. You get back into training. Tuesday night if you're playing on a Sunday it might affect you going back into a Tuesday so I think that's that's going to be beneficial to the both teams as well uh, you know the fact that the, the fixture has been moved to Saturday evening
2: Just a point on yeah, that but- Will I do I do think that's important I do think it's uh, it's increased the stock of the league it's made it an even more appetising title to win just because they'll be able to get as John says to be able to get back on the horse nearly straight away to Tuesday or Wednesday night after the league final win, lose or draw and it just I think it's if there was ever any doubt that either of the two teams in the final would go 100% at they've by moving it back a day i think they've eliminated that and i expect an yeah expect an absolutely rip-roaring game between the two of them like just on a Wexford point of view just a couple of things i would like to say it uh, was obviously a disappointing end to their league but they've kind of been in this position before people will be wondering you know will they be able to bounce back for leinster like they've already bounced back from a massive loss earlier on the year Nobody expected them to, to come out and beat Limerick the week after getting hammered by Dublin in the Walsh Cup final uh, when they conceded a massive score. Even in 2017 when they got to the league semi-final, tip hit them for five goals down in Nolan Park again. And they bounced back and you know beat Kilkenny for the first time in a long time in the Leinster Championship that year. So I think they're fairly well versed at, at bouncing back from that type of adversity. And I'd say they've just learned a lot of lessons yesterday. Like, you know... The, the attacking player on the Watford point of view just wasn't been met far enough out the pitch. You know, Austin Gleason had two clean shots in goal that there's no way he should have had it. Shane Bennett, the same. Jack Prendergast, the same. When you see Wexford playing next time, those players will be met 30 yards from goals, I'd say. Now, they've probably learned a lot of harsh lessons. And uh, listen, at the end of the day, it's much better to learn them in the league than learning them in a championship game that could decide your fate for the rest of the summer. So while they'll be disappointed with yesterday and they'll probably be scratching their heads, um. You know, I prefer to learn that lesson now than learn it when your season is hanging in the balance.
1: Yeah, and a tough opening game against Galway, I think, first, uh, first up in a couple of weeks' time. John, you know, what did you make of that Cork performance then on Saturday night against you know, As good as Waterford were against Wexford, I think it started to say Kenney put up a, a much tougher fight than Wexford did in Cork, had to come from behind, you know, that late Dar Fitzgibbon goal, probably winning the game for them ultimately. You know, how impressed were you with how they played?
3: Yeah, I was, down, I was down on radio Judy's there uh, Saturday night. I uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a massive crowd there. I think there was, what, 17, 8, 18,000 at, at the game. Uh, Cork was slow out of, out of the blocks, um, you know, but how they re- responded in the second half was, you know, great credit to them. And I think, you know, great credit has to go to someone like, uh, you know, Connor, Connor Lahan. I thought he was he was. He was magnificent in the second half and really stood up. You know when when you know you know when when Hoggy went off, uh the next three frees he banged over the bar and one of the first free was actually a difficult free. It was a seventy, it was all at 75, 80 yards out, nailed that. But he really stood up, showed leadership leadership qualities. And um, I think that Dara Fitzgibbon, we've touched on it before. I think he's pivotal for Cork. He's in a rich vein of form. I think he makes them tick. You know, probably had a below power, uh, below power performance well, performances last year in 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 both league and championship. But he's really coming back to the form of of uh of twenty, 20 seventeen and, and twenty eighteen, and I think he's key. And then you know, you look at the back. I think this Kieran Joyce, uh, he's a big big find for Carl. I he was brilliant along along with along along with Coleman. And again up front, then you've you've Alan Conley. You know. They were allowed they were allowed they, they allowed for uh, for, for Hoggie to, to, to have an off day and you know you think of what they're, they're springing off the bench then you know Harnady came on had a, had a massive impact Jack O'Connor and um, Cal Lann Tim O'Malley uh, you know probably Darryl Leary, fullback, full probably struggled a small bit but I still think they sh- possibly should persist with him. I think he's after having a good league campaign full back albeit he had one but below power performance I think if the goalkeeper chopping and changing a the full back, they have to find the number three. They have to set the number three. And I remember when we were playing, you know, we kept chopping and changing number three. So it'll be interesting to see will they will they start him fullback back uh Saturday? I, I think they should because I think he's had a relatively relatively good good league campaign. But uh, yeah, all in all they scored one twenty seven. Um they're really, really, you know, going in the right direction. They're really, really in a good 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 place. Uh I think Saturday night's game is is you know it's a fifty fifty game. It's a really really hard one to call, uh, and I think you know two weeks later, I think no matter what happens on Saturday night, I think they're in a good place, um for what's to come in two weeks time against again uh, two weeks time for what's to come against Limerick. Yeah,
1: Michael. Like the first question I asked you was about Waterford closing the gap to Limerick. What about Cork? Like they played them in the All Ireland final, and you know. We all know what happened there. Like, do you think they're a lot closer? Obviously, as John said, they play them on Easter Sunday in a very short time.
2: Yeah, I think they've up the up the physical stakes massively. Well, I have to say, like Kilkenny, Kilkenny got down and dirty with them on Saturday night, and they were able to get through it. And if anything, they were the ones to overpower Kilkenny at the end of the game. And it wasn't maybe the usual kind of um, the flashier kind of stuff we'd see from Cork. You know, I think they really, really got stuck in. They were able to mix that style with the substance and I think winning you know a tight game like that and Kieran Kingston mentioned it after I think it's huge for them like they've already put a few nagging maybe psychological things from last year's All-Ireland Final to bed already I would say beating Limerick in the league pretty comprehensively overcoming a, a big physical Kilkelly challenge the other night that, the, the one thing is the physical stakes when it's really put up the cork are they going to stand up and so far this year you'd have to say they've passed those two tests and passed them really, really resoundingly. So, from their point of view, um, I think they'd be delighted with, with the other night. It was interesting, just a, a a comparison. The Cork lads were out in the field after for God knows how long, signing X, Y and Z, and Liam Cattle had the Wofford boys pulled in off Nolan Park for, fairly quickly. So, he's very, fairly keen to dilute that hype, I'd say. But, you know, it was a great occasion for for down in Cork the other night, and I'm sure John saw it firsthand. Um, the the influence that can have on the next generation is huge. And I think we do need to probably, as we mentioned it uh, on the football side of things, we need to exploit that a bit more with, you know, giving games that front and centre stage, on be it a Friday night uh, or a Saturday night, or even I remember off playing Limerick in a qualifier on a Thursday night year, years ago as well. So I think that will be a huge benefit for, for Cork. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to that uh, league final. It's essentially the pretenders to, to Limerick's throne um, and it's going to be whoever wins it, they'll just be the chest will be pushed out a small bit more, they'll be standing a bit taller going into the championship, particularly Cork, who are welcoming Limerick to town for what is their only home game in Parky And I think Kieran Kingston was quick enough to mention that the other night, that they'll only have one championship game in Parky Quive. So, you know, that game is going to be huge for them. But first, they have the game on Saturday night. and yeah, I am expecting an absolutely rip roaring game. Two of the most exciting teams in the in the game at the moment. Um, you be expecting goals. You be expecting, you know, a really really high scoring game. Should be a belter of a game.
3: Yeah, and it's and it's ideal for Cork in, in the fact that they're going to get a game under their belt in Torres now. You know, in, in front of a big crowd, which will stand them in good stead going forward. Or when they when they do play Tipperary and they do play play player in Torliss, and I think what was evident yesterday is that I think you know, our over the course of the weekend is. Both Cork and Waterford, the two top of the ground teams. You know, you seen seen the the, the conditions all oh, last week. The, the ground is starting to dry out, and it really really suits both Cork and Waterford. Now, what they're saying this week is that you know it's going to go the opposite. That you know, the colder conditions are going to are going to come in. The sunshine is going to is going to is going to go away for hopefully just a couple of days or, or maybe a week or so. So yeah, that's gonna that's gonna have a have a bit of a bearing on 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 Saturday night's game is the fact that you know it's going to be colder conditions four past seven we don't know whether we're going to get rain or anything so we're possibly not going to have the same conditions as we've been blessed with the last week or two you know
2: Just the last point yeah. on Kilkenny Will. Kilkenny while, while defeated the other night you know you have, to, you have to admire what they're bringing to the table and they're only going to get better come summer uh, a lot of new faces in there you know, I thought Mikey Butler was brilliant again the other night David Blanchfield at times brilliant the other night Keane Kenny probably maybe ran out of it in the second half but, you know, if they... The, the big problem with Kilkenny in the last 20 or 25 minutes is they couldn't get their hands on the ball from their own puck out. And Cork really, really snuffed them out. While in the first maybe 45 to 50 minutes, they were working short ball out and working it out really, really effectively. I think if they continue to adapt and continue to maybe revolutionise what they're doing, they're going to be bang there in Leinster for, you know, a potential Leinster hat-trick. And if they do that, they're in all the Ireland semi-final. But it definitely looks like TJ Reid, not on board yet, uh, probably going to be under pressure to play the first two games in Leinster but like they've definitely not gone away and they're, they'll be there thereabouts in Leinster and if they get out of Leinster they won't be a million miles away after that either
1: yeah and well, set up to be an absolutely cracking hurling final this Saturday night but for the moment John Michael thanks so much for joining me all a bit. That's all we have time for this week on the Throne and Association with Allianz. We will be back next Monday with a show looking back at all the Allianz football and hurling league final action. In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye.
3: It's 30 years of Allianz supporting the leagues and we're not done yet. Only the leagues
1: only the alliance league